welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Welcome to Transformation Talk Radio. And for those of you out there that are getting a taste of our new channel, welcome to you all on TransformationRadio.fm. What a great show and lineup we have for you today. But before we do all that, I got to say hello, Mr. B. Hey, Pat. How you doing? Yeah, doing pretty good. How do you What do you think? Uh, I think of a lot of things. Uh, Anything in particular you're asking for? No. (laughs) I'm just saying, like, it's one of those things where the sun came out yesterday. Mm, Gorgeous weekend. I know, totally. I got my hands dirty. I put them in the soil. That's good. A lot of people did that. We did that at uh, Safeco Field. Uh, The boys and I and their mom, we went down to uh, the Mariners, saw the game, so I was able to touch Safeco Field. We went down on the field and walked around. (laughs) So my hands were on the uh, dirt from the Major League Baseball realm. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Cool, man. So, like, this is going to be, like, my fourth year being an East Coast girl. This is my fourth year trying to grow tomatoes here. Uh, you haven't had much success? <laughs> no. Why? I hear that's not that... Uh, not to call you out, Dr. Fab, but I don't think they're that hard. Are they that hard? I, I No, they're not that hard. Oh, okay. It's just that where I live... Okay. Um, I don't have like full sun, right? Oh, and, right, 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 right. Yeah. Right, right. That'll, so that'll do, I, that'll do it. The other part is that I have the morning sun. And so in the morning in Seattle, it takes a little while to get the sun to pop mm-hmm, out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but I got to tell you, I have an interesting dilemma to talk to Noah about today. All right. Yeah. Here, here's what she's laughing. Here, here's like my dilemma. First of all, I love I love the book. I love this book. I, I love pretty much everything that she says. The Mindful Body. Build emotional strength and manage stress with body mindfulness. I love this book in so many ways. I play a sport that your best position of playing the sport is bending the knees, hunching over, and... I was playing on the weekend and I had just read her book, right? So I tried something a little bit different in the way that I carried my body. And I can't wait to talk to her about it. The (laughs) other thing, I know she's like, who signed me up for this show? Oh my God, give me a break here. Uh, But she is, look, she's a best-selling author. She's a psychotherapist, but she's somebody that I love because here's what's happening. Finally, we're starting to pay attention to the fact that our bodies play a major role in how we show up in life. You know, this is what she does when she works with clients, she works with organizations. And what is it about us here at the network, Benny, that we've all gotten these uh, computer desk things where we can stand and actually do a show? 
But I'm going to leave that to Noah. Fabulous book, The Mindful Body, Build Emotional Strength and Manage Stress. That's right. Manage stress with body mindfulness. Mm -hmm. Noah, it's great to have you here. Thank you for having me. Um, You know, I was watching a couple of interviews you did on television in Australia. And uh, I was just watching and looking and I was amazed, right? And you have got to see this all the time, how little that we know as a culture in the world about how powerful our body and our mind is. I know you're not shocked about it, but I will tell you there are a lot of skeptics. What have you found? I mean, this had to be some journey for you. I started out as a ballet dancer. What have you found is out in the world? In terms of in terms of how I came to this, I came to it from being a dancer, a professional ballet dancer as my first career. And for me, this is obvious that the body holds such an ability to create change in our minds and in the way we convey ourselves. And in my way of relating to the world, I was so pleased to be able to study this and be able to take this work further, now to be able to share this work through the mindful body. So, yes, lots of things to share, and we can Mm -hmm. jump in and have an experience or two to give people a sense of that because there's nothing uh, voodoo or esoteric uh, about it. It's really quite common sense. We all live in our bodies. We all have experiences. When we feel down, our bodies tend to slump. When we lift up our chins and stand up tall, we tend to take on a more positive outlook, even if we're faking it till we're making it. So these are things that we do anyway. We see anyway. We actually relate to people. There's this famous saying that more than 75% of what we are relating to in others is the nonverbal dimension. We relate to that little change in tone of voice, that slight tension in the jaw, that slight shift in a facial expression. We're relating and reacting to that a lot more quickly than to what people are saying. So we're living it. We're just not necessarily turning our attention so clearly to it. And really, this is what this opportunity is with the mindful body, is to become more mindful for the sake of ourselves and how we experience ourselves and how we can influence our psychology, how we can make ourselves happier and more relaxed as human beings, and also for the way that we relate to others. Okay, I have a story to tell you that is a direct testimonial to your book. It's a direct, right. yeah, okay. So I play a sport. The sport is table tennis. A lot of people know yes. it as ping pong, right? Yes. Um, and I will tell you that I think my great footwork comes from the fact that I too was a dancer when I was younger, right? Ah. Yeah, something interesting about that. But in your book, uh, so I've been having a bit of a time playing these days. Um, yes. I haven't been exactly at 100% of my game. And Mm. what I noticed was what I do with my body Mm. after I make a shot that misses, right? Mm. So I'm reading your book and and you got, uh, and I'm going to just, I'm going to jump ahead and then you can help us out with this. I'm reading your book and I read this section and I don't remember where it is, but how to boost confidence and then how to boost your zest for life. So I That's took right. just two things, Noah, out of your book and did this on yes. Saturday. I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm playing this man who is very, very good. 
And usually when I miss a shot, I don't do these two things in your book. And Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, I'm playing, and no matter what shot I did, miss, lose, hit, I stopped. I stood in that boosting confidence position. (laughs) I'm serious. And then I raised my hands up. So here's what happened. I'm playing with a partner, another woman. And I start doing this, and she starts doing this. And the next thing (laughs) you know, we are completely winning. And I want to ask you, tell us how that worked. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. All right. A lot wrapped up in that. So I love it. And that is a fantastic testament to the power of body awareness and to using it proactively, which is really what is so empowering about this approach is there's little things you can do. They don't take long. They take a few seconds that can make a big difference. So if we come to the changing your posture and the postures of confidence or zest for life, there is wonderful scientific evidence For example, Harvard research has shown us that standing in power poses, opening our chest, breathing deeply into our chest, standing with our chin up high, uh, you might want to put your hands on your hips to get a real sense of this. It's kind of like the superwoman pose or the superman pose, boosts your sense of confidence. It actually raises the level of testosterone in both men and women, which is associated with confidence and lowers your levels of cortisol. They do this through saliva tests before and after adopting these positions. So it raises your confidence, lowers your cortisol, which is related to your anxiety or your stress. So let's use your example. You, between, you've missed a shot. Yeah. We don't even notice what we do under stress. (laughs) That's a habit. It might have been a moment of beating yourself up. It might have been a moment of locking your posture down. It might have been a moment of slightly not being prepared for the next shot. As opposed to, and there's another section in the book which links this also with how our brain is functioning. When we are a little shut down, a little like beating ourselves up, a little bit tense or closed in, we are not as receptive, available to see and hear and be attentive to what's going on in the moment, hence the link to mindfulness. We're not as present. We're slightly like, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. You know that moment? You kind of like just do it instinctively. And so what you did was you went, take a breath, open my chest. I'm ready. I'm here. You kept your anxiety low. You kept your confidence boosted. And then you added to that, actually, another power pose is raising your arms up high, reaching up to the sky, which not only boosts your testosterone, but in my experience also raises qualities of excitability, kind of like being able to reach for the stars, go for your goals. You can feel the difference. If your listeners also want to give this a go, if you want to give this a go, place your hands on your hips and try out the power pose, which is opening your chest, breathing into your chest, holding your head up high. And then contrast this, another power pose, lift your arms up, kind of that victory pose. Yeah, I did it. Reach your fingers up high. It's kind of got a bit more of an exhilarated feel to it. Slightly different to that grounded confidence, that exhilarated reaching up. And in so doing, you shifted your biochemistry to be able to be energized, ready for taking the best shot that you possibly can, as opposed to that moment we do in a fraction of of a second, without even necessarily knowing we're doing it, where we might beat ourselves up, dig down into our heels, go, oh, well, next time. You can kind of feel the difference. Can you feel the difference between that uh, and oh. that? Uh, it's, 
it's evident before you even know the science. Oh, it's actually incredible. And, you know, I just want to say to the people listening, if you just tuned in, Noah Belling is joining me here today, international best-selling author and, and psychologist. But the book is The Mindful Body. Here's what I want to say to everybody. You know, I've read this book, and I'm not claiming that I did everything in here but I, as I went through this, Noah, one of the things that I was clearly relating to were emotional downsides in my life. And yeah. when we come back, I want to talk to you about those. Um, and what I learned from this is that this is your movement, your body, how you stand, these confidence at power pose, which somebody said to me, funny, funny, said to me, mm -hmm. what do you think you are, Wonder Woman? Like, because I didn't think, but that is the Wonder mm -hmm. Woman pose with the hip thing, yeah. right? And yeah. so what's interesting is how in a matter of minutes, minutes that mm -hmm. behavior action started to be mimicked by others. Yeah. Let's take a short break when we come back. It's like we say here, this is a positive talk radio network. There's a vibe and there's a vibe of thrive that Noah is talking about in this book and in her work. It is the vibe of the, of the mindful body. When we come back, we're going to connect the dots between emotions and the body. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Noah Belling's in the house. Stay juicy. Tune in to Your Juicy Love with me, Una Drake, co-hosting monthly with Dr. Pat and every second Monday at 12 p.m. on Transformation Talk Radio. My show, Your Juicy Love, helps you find the dynamic, life-affirming love you've always wanted. Transform your relationships and bring peace, joy, and juicy, juicy love to planet Earth. For more information, visit unadrake.com. Tune in to the hit show, Raging Skillet Radio, mouthing off with Chef Rossi. Chef Rossi mouths off about different subjects in pursuit of breaking down walls and opening up your minds. She and Dr. Pat banter back and forth, taking from the headlines of the day on subjects that reach beyond what goes on in the world into your hearts. And go to theragingskillet.com to find out more and let Chef Rossi know what's on your mind. This is Debbie Pokornik with a moment for standing in your power. Self-control begins with noticing how different feelings present themselves in your body. When you're feeling sensitive, for example, your chin might quiver, tears might well up in your eyes, and your voice might catch in your throat. Anger, on the other hand, might appear as tension in your jaw, back, or arms, along with clenched fists, heat in the upper torso, scowling, and a strong desire to yell. <laughs> the more aware you become of your body cues, the easier it will be to recognize when you're on the road to disaster. Choose the emotions that cause you problems, then start noticing and logging the body cues that come with them. For information and to work with Debbie, visit EmpoweringNRG.com. That's EmpoweringNRG.com. Winning at the Game of Money. 
Lynn Brown is now offering Full Spectrum Finance, a progressive 12-month program that will help you to navigate through the mechanics of financial expansion. Finally, a financial planner who looks at the full spectrum of money and abundance, engage you in the mental, physical, and energetic aspects of finance. This is Full Spectrum Finance. Are you ready to get into it? For more information, go to fullspectrumfinance.com. Tune in to Mainstream Metaphysics Radio to harness your connection with the universe to effect change for optimal success and happiness. Name one of the country's top psychics. Eve now brings her insights and gifts to this weekly hit call-in show, joined by visionaries, leaders, and gifted others, but mostly you. Jot it down, Thursdays, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. That's a Shake Your Booty song, Benny. I'm letting you have have that one on Monday. You need to. You need to. I love it. Magical Monday, everybody. And that's why Noah Belling is joining us here today. We actually have a copy of this book to give away. But I'm curious from you all out there, really. Um, This book covers just about everything you need to know in a really, really practical way to do something now. I mean, you just heard my little story about playing a sport, uh, but I also, Noah, used this. I, I, mm. I don't know if you heard me telling Benny, I did a little gardening yesterday, but it's interesting. Gardening is a slouched over kind of deal. You know what I mean? Yes. You're, you're yes. slouched over. Uh, right. That's not a really good energy. And I was so aware of that yesterday that I had to do something really different after mm. I put the plant and the dirt. And I think it was reading your book and I don't know, I don't know which part of the book, but I could feel emotionally being Mm. slouched over was not uplifting. And I wanted to ask you about the psychodynamics and also the kinesthesiology of that. Mm. A couple of things, first of all, relating to gardening, and I don't yeah. want to to just uh, put down the this uh, anyone's impulse to go and do some gardening and to and to hunch over the garden. I think getting your hands dirty um, is 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 a ve- very much to be encouraged, uh, because it's so grounding. It is, connects us with the earth, connects us with nature. Absolutely, to be encouraged, and perhaps to play with your posture while you're doing it. Get your yeah. knees down onto the ground. Maybe mm-hmm. go onto all fours. As as opposed to sitting on your knees and hunching forward or standing and hunching forward. Finding a way to ground on all fours is one idea or a, a, a lower stool or sitting on your knees. Any way to feel a bit more comfortable to really surrender your weight into gravity so you can be more one with the ground rather than feeling stooped. So I just wanted to add that in in terms of the gardening piece. And coming now to the emotional side of it. There is this fact, if your listeners, if you would like also to try just slouching your body forwards, what happens is it tends to bring to mind negativity. It Mm -hmm. tends to remind us of feeling down, maybe tired. And the simple act of writing your posture. Now, if 
you want to, if listeners want to write their posture, stand up tall, iron out your spine, elongate your spine, take a deep breath, can just help to give a new perspective, not to take our problems away, but to help us face what is in front of us with a little bit more clarity, with a little bit more confidence. We spoke about that in the posture earlier, with a little bit more maybe resourcefulness or even that zest for life, if we bring a bit even of movement into it, just slightly move our shoulders, our bodies, a little bit of loosening up, not holding things so tight. So if we look at an emotional resource, these things you can do in a moment, the reality is our bodies tell the stories of our emotions. When we feel emotional, how do we even know that we're emotional? Our face is expressing it, our muscles are tensing, contracting, relaxing in particular ways. How else will you know? If you had stoic uprightness, you wouldn't really know that you've got an emotion. It's quite natural for our bodies to ebb and flow, to rise and fall, to contract, to expand with our different emotional ups and downs. What is being invited here with this mindfulness is to take the deep breath, to be able to adjust our posture, to use our body as a resource, so that as opposed to if we stoop, if we try it again just for a moment, what, we can, what can happen when we feel emotional is we can feel consumed by emotion, pulled down heavy with our emotions. And there's a time and a place for allowing that too. And, excuse me, to help ourselves, the simple act like writing our postures or asking from that stooped posture, body, how might you want to feel more comfortable? Just to be able to face, this is actually a resource. It's, a, it's an unusual one. It might seem a bit mm -hmm. strange, but try this out. And when you catch yourself in that moment in the supermarket, after a conversation, just waking up in the morning, one of those days where you just feel heavy, you just feel down, try this out and say, body, I, like, almost like going, I see you like this. Now, how would you want to feel a little bit more comfortable? And just let your body unfold to feeling a little more open, a little more comfortable, maybe being able to breathe a bit easier. And what that's doing is it's also helping us to access more of our brains. When we're consumed by emotions and our body's really reflecting that, there's Daniel Goleman popularized many years ago in his book, Emotional Intelligence, a wonderful term called emotional hijack. Our mm -hmm. brains, they short circuit when we when we really consumed by our emotions or by stress. Our brain short circuits and becomes, in the simplest terms, problem focused. When we can write our posture, almost going, okay, I'm in charge here. I can do something about this. I can write my posture. I can choose to breathe a bit easier, stand a bit taller, look at things a bit more clearly. Now, how do I want to address? what's in front of me, and that emotional hijack, that way that our brain short circuits, falls away to some extent. It gives us greater access to the parts of our brain that can think clearly, rationally, even creatively, as well as to be able to be more present, to be able to be more compassionate to ourselves or to others. It all is stored in this more evolved part of our brain. And so when we can adopt a posture that feels like we can breathe a bit easier, stand a bit taller. It doesn't take our problems away, as I mentioned, but it certainly shifts our ability to deal with whatever faces us with greater creativity, resourcefulness, energy, 
with greater willingness even to to deal with what is in front of us or belief that we can. Yeah. You know, I was reading and uh, I, I was fascinated by so much that you've put in this book. And it's not that you, you it, it's not just that there is so much wisdom in the book that you've written. It's that mm. you've laid this out in a way that we can use it. And one of the things I was really struck by and had forgotten about was this six second rule. Uh, yes. yes. And, you know, I'm not talking about dropping a piece of food on the floor and how fast you pick it up. Not <laughs> that. Not that rule. Not that one. But kind of almost, right? Um, yeah. And I, I also discovered something else. I must have learned this as a child. I tend to, when I get really stressed, you know, the people around me can tell because mm. I do something really interesting. I, I'm, I'm either rubbing my hand up and down my thigh, you know, mm. like as if I've got like some kind of sore thigh. Uh, yeah. or, I mean, it's really weird, right? But it doesn't look odd. It just is that I do mm-hmm. it. And, yeah. Or I do something interesting. I grab the back of my neck mm. and I don't have a neck ache. And I'm reading your book here about the six second rule. And I want to talk about it a minute because I don't think a lot of people are familiar with this and then what to do about it. Sure. I've heard this being called the whoosh, that experience of you can feel this anger or this frustration or this irritation rising, or you can feel this big wave of emotionality arriving. And it is called the six-second rule, and I'll explain what that is, although that's not to put anybody off catching your level of being worked up, your level of mm-hmm. emotionality, even after six seconds. Because I've heard some people get a bit worked up. Well, did I catch it in six seconds? Right. So let's leave, in a way, the, the six-second part of it and just say, catch it as soon as you can. What yeah. is this? Yeah. When you feel that whoosh of that stress, whatever it is, if it's an argument, if it's a stressful situation, when you feel it coming on, when you feel the tension, when you feel your brow furrowed, when you find yourself with awareness, often we don't know we're doing it. You do the rubbing of the thigh or the, or the holding of your neck. Actually, that's an instinctive attempt to self-soothe. That's, another, yeah. that's actually one of the remedies. And one of the remedies is no, now that you notice it or someone pointed it out, do it consciously. And that can actually divert an emotional, a full-on emotional flood. So this, this emotional flooding is the outcome, is if you allow that whoosh to really take you over, your brain and your body become flooded with stress hormones, cortisol, adrenaline. And what happens is the fight, flight, or in extreme, the freeze or faint kind of uh, just passing out instinct kind of response or lethargy can take over in an instinct. And then we become our more animalistic versions of ourselves. Sure, we need this to save us if we were truly faced by a wild animal or there was some reason for us to act really quickly. We need that. It's a, we, we're just built like that and that makes good sense. But most of the time, most of us know it's an argument. It's traffic. It's too wait, too long to wait in a queue. It's all those little things that it's, it's the neighbor making too much noise or the children annoying us, whatever it is. And the problem is when we get that whoosh, when we allow it, when we don't catch it, whether it's six seconds or catch it at all, 
what can happen is we're swept away and we become, I spoke about our brains being hijacked. Yeah. Our short circuit in our brain. And we all know it's kind of like you've got two versions of yourself. The one version is the version that says really irrational, hurtful, ridiculous things, either out towards others. We scream, we insult, we say things that we might regret a few seconds later when we recover. Or we turn it in on ourselves and we really beat ourselves up and really get ourselves down. All of this is because our brain is short-circuiting and we cannot access, for the sake of our survival, that's why we're hardwired, it responds, it allows us to respond, that fight-flight response, that huge rush of adrenaline will help us run faster, be stronger when we need it. But unfortunately, it, it creates a lot of acting out. And then if we do catch it, so those acts could be becoming conscious of the little things we're already doing. You have the rubbing of the thigh or grabbing of your neck is a good one. Is you just want to buy a little bit of time. And six seconds is saying you don't need to buy a lot of time. You just need to break that whoosh. You just need to break that cycle. And there are lots of ways to do it. So self-supportive touch is one. I like very much, even if I'm caught up in an argument or in this, something is rising inside of me, I'll often just place my hand on my chest, hand on my heart, mm -hmm. as soon as I catch it. And it can take me a moment. I instinctively, immediately will find myself taking a deep breath. The, the difficult part is catching it. Once you use these interventions, then it actually can seem fairly simple that your body will be taking the deep breath. So self-supportive touch, whether it's your neck or placing a hand on your heart or even just grabbing hold of your own hand. And another one is placing your two feet firmly, more centeredly on the ground oh, so that yeah. you're standing in a more balanced fashion. Yeah. And if you do and if you do tend towards being shy or feeling intimidated, it can be great to use a bit of the power pose too, is to really stand tall, take a breath into your chest. This time, preferably not using the Wonder Woman pose because that signals, remember we were yeah. reacting a lot more to body language, that signals confrontation. That, yeah, that, that's, that's right. <laughs> that, that's not a good thing. But you no. can draw yourself up tall, take a deep breath, hold your hand, place a hand on your heart, take that deep breath, stand steady, stand more evenly on your legs, on your two feet, and it's like there's sometimes something that works for different people. Find the one that works for you or the two that work for you and you try it. Try it out when you catch it. Don't worry about six seconds. Just catch yourself worked up. Use a moment of self-supportive touch. Let yourself take a deep breath. Stand with your two feet more evenly on the ground or your two hips if you're sitting more evenly on the chair. And by yourself, even just those few seconds. And then notice how you respond. Almost guaranteed you're going to want to respond a little bit more mindfully than you would have before. You're more likely to step into your intelligence to be able to access more of your brain than before. And if you have been swept away, you may need to allow a little bit of time. Some say 20 to 30 minutes once you've really been swept away in that emotional hijack. Right. And then that classic thing is go for a walk, go think about it. You can even walk and talk if you're in an argument with somebody and you just can't find your way through. Just giving your body an outlet for the, it's called sympathetic nervous system activation, which makes us really worked up. Inside. It makes us really feel 
tense, agitated, maybe anxious, maybe restless, and to be able to just go for a walk or shake out our body, it's another thing you can do in the moment, take a deep breath, can begin to help our more calming side of our nervous system take over and can help us to think a bit more clearly a bit more like our intelligent version of ourselves. Does that yeah. all make sense? It makes total sense. And one of the things I want to talk about, Noah, when we come back, and for those of you mm. out there, uh, yes, Benny, I am giving a copy of the book away, or maybe you did already. <laughs> but I wanted to, the phone lines just started to ring right off the hook. That's just what happens. Um, but one of the things I want to talk to you about when we come back is, I have to tell you, I'm so thrilled, and I didn't expect it in your book, I am hmm. so thrilled you included dreaming and hmm. dreams and dream hmm. process. It was probably hmm. for me one of the most unexpected gifts hmm. in reading hmm. the book. Um, I read the books, I read books two ways. I'm very fast. I read them first and I go through, then I go back. When we come hmm. back from break, I want to talk about the connection that you made between yeah. the energy of emotions and mm. the healing power of imagination. I just Absolutely. love you've got both of this in the book. I, I, it's amazing. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. But before we do, Noah, what is the best way for people to get their own copy of the book as well as find out more about you, where you're going to be, what you're, what you're up to, what you're teaching, <laughs> or the above? Sure. In terms of me first, the best way will be to look at my website, Noa, that's N-O-A, Belling, B-E-L-L-I-N-G dot com. I also have a Facebook page, Noa Belling, which I'm updating more quickly than my website at the moment with all interviews and everything going on. And in terms of buying the book, all bookstores, all good bookstores should have it, Amazon, all your usual places you find books, uh, hopefully or probably the mindful body will be there. Yeah. When we come back, there's a brilliant, brilliant connection that Noah includes in this book. It's one that actually saved my life and helped me to heal. Let's take a short break. When we come back, um, we're going to talk about this. And the phone lines, by the way, the phone lines are open. If there's something going on and you're not sure how to move beyond that boss that keeps banging his fist on the desk, or maybe you're in a relationship and it's something that pushes you, what, to the limit, maybe we can get you some help today. 1-800-930-2819 or go to my website, thedrpatshow.com, and right there on the right-hand side, just type your question in for those of you that are thinking, I can't call, I'm at work. All right, type. We'll be right back. Take your own journey with the angels with Claire Candy Huff's Heaven Sent Guided Angel Meditation CD. Letting go of concerns and living in the now. This beautiful CD walks listeners through practical exercises to help free them from the burdens, worries, and concerns of daily life. Walking a quarter of the way across the bridge, you see a bright, 
emerald green light and sense a loving presence. This is Archangel Raphael's green healing energies, nourishing and revitalizing you. Take a moment now to bathe in this green healing light. Giving you much more than just relaxation and stress release, this wonderfully narrated CD provides vivid visualization, soothing and inspiring music, and an angel's choir that will bring you peace, clarity, and a newfound awareness. Visit angelhealinghouse.com today. Interested in deepening your spiritual practice? The School for Esoteric Studies offers online training to spiritual seekers from all paths of life and individual coaching. Our courses synthesize Eastern and Western spiritual traditions based on meditation, study, and service applied to everyday life. To learn more about our courses and services, please visit www.esotericstudies.net. Defining success and putting minds to work. With the Higher Learners Career and Leadership Series, Rudy Racine will help you craft your personal definition of success, offering support and guidance as you move forward towards your goals. Take the leap. With the right mix of focus and motivation, anything can be achieved. Tune in every first and third Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 Eastern. And for more information on Rudy Racine and Higher Learners, visit Rudy's site at higherlearners.com. That's H-I-R-E learners.com. Tune in to Knowledge Book Radio with host Marge Potasic each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Through many experiences, Marge was led to the Knowledge Book, a gift to humanity in its transition to the Golden Age, and it provided the truth and the answers. She now shares information from the Knowledge Book with you each week on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more information, visit USA.TheKnowledgeBook.net. To find answers to life's questions, you need to look within yourself. Dr. Glenna Rice brings your questionable conversations on Transformation Talk Radio each month. Tune in each month for insight into how you can live up to your full potential. Dr. Glenna is a physical therapist, certified access consciousness, and access body class facilitator. How does it get any better than this? For more information on Dr. Glenna Rice and her work, visit GlennaRice.com. Yeah, there's something to be said when she says that line in that song, hands in the air, mm-hmm. that we, like we don't care. All you got to do is go to Noah's book, and there <laughs> is a picture of what that means to put hands in the air like you don't care. But I mm-hmm. uh, want to make a little correction on that. Was that Rihanna, Benny? Who was that? Was uh, that no, Rihanna? that's Miley Cyrus. Miley, Miley. There we go. Okay, Miley would know this, that when you put your hands in the air like that, and you're reading Noah's book, one of the things you're doing is you're forming this expression of life is great, amazing, hands in the air. And I want to say to all the listeners, all y'all listening to the show, there's so much more in this book that if you picked it up and you read it and you were thinking about what can I do in the moment whether you're at work, whether you're in a family relationship, 
whether you're sitting in the doctor's office and you're waiting to get the results of your blood work, this book will tell you and, and talk to you about how you might create a moment to shift energy that you don't want to shift things. Noah, one more time before we get going, website, Facebook, all of the above, please. And how can we get a copy of the book? The Mindful Body, available through all good bookstores and Amazon, my website, Noah Balling, N-O-A-B-E-L-L-I-N-G.com, as well as my Facebook page, more regularly updated, which is Noah Balling, spelled obviously the same. Yeah. Okay, so here's the deal. This is why I'm so excited about your book. It probably has nothing to do with why you wrote this, but I'm just going to tell you. As I learned at a really young age, my mom, who was very, very sick and then uh, passed away when I was six, she actually committed suicide. Um, My mom would, would teach me how to create my dreams before I went to bed and dreamed. Wow. Now, that sounds a little odd, right? But she would ask me, you know, what is it you want to dream about so that you can wake up and have, mm. you know, she wouldn't say it intellectually. I mean, I'm a child. But mm. that thing, that idea of creating your dream through imagination before your dream, I believe contributed to uh, healing my body. And I don't know if that's what you mean in the book, but I am so interested to hearing you talk about the relationship between imagination, dreaming, and healing. Right, right. There is so much in this that I could (laughs) actually have written an entire book on just this chapter, which some may find surprising to find in the book. And for me, it's so... to work in the field of the body and psychology, our imagination is so much a part of it. Our imagination is goes hand in hand with our emotions. Our imagination goes hand in hand with our memories. And our emotional part of our brain that is so receptive to imagination is the most, the fancy word is neuroplastic, is the most receptive to change is the is the part of our brain that is the most receptive to change so in other words we can even go back into memories and there's an emotional process that i take readers through in the book to do with emotions if you have emotions that you've lived with for a long time ask questions like what is your earliest memory of feeling this way and no matter the age you find something that feels like a hint of the memory and then you bring resources into the memory that were not there before. And it might seem strange, like, but that happened to me. But to bring in a loving figure or a protective figure into a situation where that was not present for us in our past can shift the way that we feel about a situation, can shift the way that we hold and relate to that particular memory that often has a lot to do with these habitual ways that we can feel. Sometimes we need a bit of help, support from a therapist to do this process, although it is very doable. And hopefully with some of the guidelines in the book, people will discover at least a sense of, wow, there's something I can do. I can really change my emotional state through my imagination. And specifically to do with dreams, dreams are 
I really strongly believe and have seen this over and over again in myself and clients and many situations, our dreams are a reflection of our emotional landscape. Not only the emotions that we are that we feel or our unfinished business, but also our potential. So within a dream, and I give a few examples in that chapter of the book, we, if we go deeply into our imagery in the dream, we can often be surprised and go, wow, I thought it was all negative, but there's this real positive thing going on. And coming to the idea of, it's called seeding a dream, is to yeah. think of something in the beginning of the night. There's a couple of things to say about that. It's a really lovely tool that is researched by many who are in the field of dreams to say used for many purposes. So one purpose might be to ask a question is to say, I really am stuck with this. And as you're falling asleep, you pass through the state of brainwaves called theta brainwaves, which is when you're beginning to, you're half asleep, half awake in this not quite mm-hmm. awake state, this dreamy state. You see the question as you're falling asleep. You say, well, I really would like to know about, about this. I'd like some insight into a direction or a choice. And then you fall asleep and keep a pen and paper next to your bed. A lot of people say, well, I don't remember my dreams. If you wake up in the moment and you immediately write down even just a headline from your dream or one or two things, you'll be able to piece it together better in the morning. So that's a helpful tip. In terms of relating it to healing, one of the things that I can certainly say is I've worked with children as well who feel anxious in falling asleep for whatever reason, who are warriors, as in worry about things. Yeah. And for children who are highly receptive to imagination, to work with a parent to help them to say, well, what is the most delightful, happy place you can think of? And I know with my daughter, she's really good at that. And ever since about the age of five or six, she would always come up with, was often involved, sweets. The room would be filled with all multicolored sweets and the ceiling would be dripping with chocolates and she'd be absolutely delighted by this. And we'd feed into this image as long as possible as it took for her to really feel, yes, I feel really happy to go to sleep. Or often it would be little fluffy pets all around or whatever people's or unicorns and rainbows or whatever it is that are people's favorite things. Obviously, boys might have their own um, things that they would want around. Whatever it is that truly makes a child feel happy. And on a biochemical level, when we're feeling happier, and our images really help us, remember they go hand in hand, we are, our immune system functions better. We are more likely to have even even less worry time in falling asleep will help us to have a better quality or perhaps longer deep sleep. And our real regenerative time is when we're in the deepest sleep. So in terms of feeling happier, falling asleep, being a little more calm and relaxed in the process might boost our immune system. Just thinking of my ways to explain the link to healing and then helping us really get that good quality sleep for those um, growth hormones, that, that replenishment, that regeneration that really happens best when we are fast asleep. Mm. I know we have only a little bit of time left and um, I have a kind of unusual question for you. What are some of the challenges you've discovered 
in working with people all over the world, studying this, and especially working with organizations. You and I are both organizational mm. consultants, right? I I didn't study anything as, as cool as you. I studied something that got mm. me. So I studied the consequence of broken promises. I totally needed your book after that research. But no kidding. But, but <laughs> you working with people in organizations, I work with them in organizations, the the mm. remedies, if I could call them that, uh, mm. or the possibilities in your book could literally change entire teams and groups and yeah. communities. What's the challenge? What is the thing that is in the way of mm. individuals and, and groups, if we should call them, reading this and saying, yes, I will? A big question, and I'm going to answer <laughs> off the top of my head okay. with specifically relating to some of the ways that I, I find organizations particularly receptive. So as a general statement, our society, the way that we live and work, particularly in organizations, is very fast-paced, very heady. In other words, we have to think and figure things out all day long. The pace is fast. The deadlines are furious. And so we require to function, and that's why I included a chapter on brainwaves, mm -hmm. to go, hey, we're living in our heads so much that a lot of the time we've forgotten or we don't even know how to get out of our heads and find the relaxation, find the enjoyment of life that we can through our bodies. So, for example, struggling to sleep not being able to switch off your mind are very common things that I experience in organizations, particularly with people who are really working hard and fast. In terms, of re, in terms of one of the applications, which I find really helpful, is the chapter on change your posture, change your mind. That's the, the name of the chapter. And in yeah. this chapter, we spoke about the two postures of confidence and of zest for life. Yeah. And there are two others as well. If you place your hand on your heart, it tends to generate feelings, if you can try this out, that are related to sincerity, caring, more of a quality of being in tune with oneself and with others, kind of a one who cares more for humanity and for people. And a fourth one is if you place your hands together in like a prayer pose, kind of a calm-centered thoughtfulness. And I link these with four different personality types that are very commonly tested in various psychometric mm -hmm. or personality tests. So for example, you've got your analytical type who's really up in their heads. And I use the aspirational prayer pose as opposed to the thinker pose to say, mm -hmm. hey, you do very well. So let me just add this piece is it's looking for strengths. It's saying, what are people doing well? What are their natural traits? Is it being the analyst, the thinker, the being able to come to center and really focus well, which would be your hands in a prayer pose? And those people are really needed for the analytics, for being able to implement, for being able to put step in front of step in front of step and be able to help move a process along. Then you need the confident Wonder Woman, Superman type who's really <laughs> being able to make quick decisions. And the question is, when do you need that person who is decisive, who can be dominant? And there might be a time and a place for that. Or the one who's zest for life brings the creative spark brings the ideas, the ideas, the ability to have novel ways of conceiving of things. And again, including those voices, those people who are the visionaries who can see things a little out of the box 
And the other type are the hand to the heart, sincere, caring, the ones who go, hey, let's, while we're going towards our goals, while we're making our money, let's also, let's not forget the people. We mm-hmm. need the time out. We need the, some call it the touchy feely stuff. We need the stuff to make us all feel good. So that's just one example in the corporate of how this is really can make the influence of saying, you can just look around. You can, as I, offer these these tools, you could just look around the office and you could see the one with a puffed up chest who tends to like to be in the lead. You can see the one who's more humble and almost hand to the heart without even having the hand to the heart. <laughs> the one who cares and a tear in the eye and tends to be a little slower to process their feelings. The one who's the analytical, able to put things aside and really focus on the task at hand. Or the one who likes a bit of excitement and color <laughs> in the office and you, and, and so the, underneath of this is saying, let's let's know ourselves and body mindfulness can help with this. Let's know ourselves a bit better. Let's play to our strengths. And let's also realize that we are different and we need to respect that there's a time and a place for ourselves to draw on different qualities, which we can do, and to respect that others may be stronger than us in certain qualities, that teams may need, that leaders may need at different times. And that's just one example of what I find really helpful in organizations. I love it. Noah, thank you so much. And you're right. I mean, I think you and I could have continued perhaps for another hour on so much of what you put in the book. But but the thing I really love about it is for those of you listening, anyone out there can pick this book up, can go to any page in the book, and you will find something there that will help you change your life for the better. Noah, thank you so much. One last question. What's your personal message? What do you want to leave us with today? Becoming aware of your body can be your biggest gift. Let your body become your friend. Let your body become your ally, your helper, rather than treating it like an enemy to be looked at and scrutinized in the mirror. We live in a body. We are bodies. That's where our souls, our life lives. And the more we can do that, with guidance like in the mindful body, I believe the happier we and all of us can be. Mm. And one more I just want to mention is yeah. my wonderful publisher. I just want to make mention of them also as a resource, Rockpool Publishing, uh, as a resource, a website. You can also have a look at, I wanted to just make mention of them as yeah. another place to, to find me and the kinds of books that yes, are wonderful, also contributing in this kind of way. Yeah, let me make sure I give out that website. For those of you out there, check it out, rockpoolpublishing.com.au. So go ahead, check it out. You'll also see this on our website and profile we've put up um, for Noah. Noah, thank you so much for all that you do in the world. Rock on. Thank you so much (laughs) for having me. (laughs) All right, everybody. It's been a pleasure. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.